Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This video is going to be a hard one for me to make and probably an uncomfortable one for you guys to watch, but today we are talking about the recent shootings in Christchurch, New Zealand. As you're all already likely aware of, Friday in New Zealand, that is Thursday night in North America, two mosques were targeted in shootings that ended up taking the lives of 49 people. On the shooting attacks on two mosques in the New Zealand city of Christchurch, 49 people are known to have died. Dozens more are being treated in hospital for gunshot wounds. Witnesses say at least one gunman opened fire on worshippers at the mosques as they were gathering for Friday prayers. Well, one man in his 20s has been charged with murder. Two other men and one woman were detained in the areas around the mosques, but police have established one at least had no involvement. Police are investigating reports that an attacker live-streamed their actions. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has described the events as an extreme and unprecedented act of violence. Now I've covered mass shootings and other tragedies before in videos and frankly I never know what to say in situations like this because frankly I don't think there's anything we can say to make things better or to provide any sort of meaningful comfort to the families of victims because I mean, at the end of the day, all we can offer right now really are, are just words, which aren't going to make things better for people who are dealing with that amount of, of loss and grief right now. And I think with this 24-hour news cycle where we're constantly hearing about people dying and casualties, usually half a world away, we can become desensitized to stuff like that, which is awful because we should never become desensitized to the fact that innocent people are being murdered out there. That's, that's never okay. That's never something that should be minimized. And of course, as a society, we can talk about the politics behind this attack and the ramifications of it, but ultimately the, the focus of this story should be on the victims, the 49 people who are never going to be coming home to their families again. And when the people who attend this mosque meet again next week, hopefully with the support of their communities, there's going to be 49 people fewer in that congregation. I mean, just imagine that happening at your church or your synagogue, how big of an emptiness 49 less people in the seats beside you must feel like. And on top of that, imagine knowing that they're not just gone on vacation, they're not just, I don't know, busy that day, but they, they've actually been murdered because of their faith. Like I said, I, I just don't have any words for this. So if you are someone who prays, then please do so for these victims and their families and anyone else who's been affected by this tragedy. And although money, like words, ultimately cannot bring these people back or lessen the pain that their friends and families and communities are going through. If you would like to donate to those affected by the situation, there is a verified shooting victims fund that has been promoted by places like CNN, which you can find by going to the site givealittle.co.nz and searching for the Christchurch Shooting Victims Fund. When this story first broke and when I began to learn more about it, I immediately knew that I wanted to do a video discussing it, but at the same time I wasn't sure and I'm honestly still not sure about what the best and most responsible way to talk about this story would be. As things like mass shootings and terrorist attacks have unfortunately become more prominent across the planet, not just the US we're talking about here, people with large platforms, especially people like journalists, have begun to really think about how they can report and talk about these stories without promoting the perpetrators. It's just a fact that when it comes to things like terrorist attacks or mass shootings or even suicides, that when people talk about these things in a way that glamorizes them or makes the perpetrators infamous, it can actually compel more people to do them. It can actually inspire copycat responses. That's why a lot of 
outlets now and individual journalists and commentators are saying that no, they're not going to share this person's image or name and they're not going to spread their manifesto so they can become some sort of martyr to other sickos who might share the same beliefs or they're not going to signal boost whatever message they were trying to send here. And I agree with that mentality, I really do, which is why on this show we're not going to be doing any of that either. But at the same time, I kind of feel like merely by all of us really latching onto this and reporting on it and elevating it to an international event, we've already signal boosted what this person was trying to do and the message they were trying to convey. And it's kind of a paradox because on one hand, this awful thing happened, 49 people died and we should all be talking about this. We should all know about it so that we can pray for these victims and their families and so we can all discuss how to make sure that this never happens again. But on the other hand, I think the reason why these types of events, these shootings and terrorist attacks are at least appearing to become more and more frequent is that anytime they do happen, the whole world stops and all of our eyes are on these tragedies and that is exactly what the psychopaths who do these things are hoping for. So what's the balance here between talking about the story in order to condemn it and raise awareness about the problems in our societies versus merely signal boosting the actions of a murderer? Because I myself am not too sure and in making this video the, the only thing that I'm hopeful for is that I'm not just merely playing into the whims of a psychopath. I mean pretty much the only thing I am sure of right now that I do know is that no matter who you are, what your religion is, what your nationality may be, what your political beliefs are, we should all unite together in condemning this awful, vile terrorist attack and we need to be ready and willing to call it what it is, a terrorist attack and an attack against Muslims everywhere. And actually now's the point where I would like to discuss the motives behind this attack because after the news of the shooting broke, it didn't take long before people started looking for someone to blame. And I don't mean the actual violent perpetrator themselves, I mean their ideological opponents when politically convenient. You see, as is fairly common for mass shooters and terrorists, the person who committed the Christchurch attack actually left behind a manifesto detailing his beliefs and the reason why he committed the shooting. As I mentioned, I'm not going to be sharing that manifesto on here and I sure as heck I'm not going to be quoting from it because that's literally what this murderer wanted. Why he killed those 49 people was so that people like you, all of us, would be reading this document that he wrote. I I'm, not, I'm not buying into that, but unfortunately a lot of other people are. And by the way, this adds to the conflict that I feel over this story, which I mentioned, because I think this manifesto belongs in the dumpster. We shouldn't be talking about or promoting it, but at the same time, there are people out there who, who are not just talking about it, but actually misrepresenting the facts in order to promote their political agenda. And I think that that needs to be corrected. But to do that, I need to reference the manifesto. So it's... I. It's an unfortunate position to be in and I'm hoping that I'm making the right choice in clarifying all of this. If you're at all familiar with internet culture, you'll recognize that this shooter in this manifesto is definitely what we call trolling. He's saying inflammatory and at times contradictory things in a very sarcastic manner, I think, in order to get a rise out of the establishment media and the left wing. It's hard to really pin down this manifesto, I mean the fact that it was written by a crazy person aside, because it seems to go back and forth between the shooter's actual beliefs and motivations and straight up trolling. I mean, what does seem to be genuine in that document is that the shooter is an ethno-nationalist, a white identitarian, and he was targeting Muslims because of the history of conflict and violence between Muslims and the West. And what seems to be too meta or self-aware in the manifesto to be a troll is that in the document, the shooter mentions that he planned this attack against Muslims using guns 
in order to escalate the conflict between the right and the left, between white people and non-white people. This person explicitly states that guns were chosen for this attack in order to reignite the debate around the Second Amendment in the U.S. The killer explicitly states that he shot people so that the left would be emboldened to confiscate guns and be that much closer to civil war with the right in the United States. And going through this manifesto, there really doesn't seem to be a lot that this person is clear on. He says he's not a liberal. He says he's not a conservative. He says he's not necessarily against socialism. He calls himself an eco-fascist, but then says his favorite government is the Chinese Communist Party. He says he's not a Christian, and he says he likes Trump as a symbol for white identity, but that he disapproves of his policies and doesn't like him as a leader. There doesn't seem to be much that this guy is clear on, except his want and need to divide people. Now, with that in mind, it seems like the last thing we should be doing in light of this shooting is falling apart at the seams and attacking each other, trying to blame one another for this awful, terrible incident. But as fate would have it, that is exactly what so many people out there are doing. The only consistency from the manifesto comes from trolling and division. And in that same vein, this person mentions Candace Owens as an inspiration for his white identitarianism, although he says that her views are too extremists even for him, which is obviously the most ridiculous thing you could think of, especially in light of his comments about how he literally just wants to start a race war, which if you've listened to Candace Owens ever, is clearly not what she stands for. I mean, you, you don't need to agree with her, but she's obviously not advocating a race war. And it, it should be clear to anyone who's looking at the situation that her name was thrown into this in order to try and further divide the left and the right. And, and it is shocking how many people are buying into it. As a headline from the CT Post writes, mosque shooter reportedly influenced by Stanford's own Candace Owens. And as an opinion piece on The Root says, Candace Owens was named in the New Zealand shooter's alleged manifesto, but Christchurch is bigger than her. But to be fair to the author, she does write that it would be irresponsible and undoubtedly incorrect to say Owens singularly inspired a man to kill 41 people in an act of hate. Which, yeah, sounds reasonable enough. Obviously, Candace Owens didn't want people to be murdered. But then she continues, Because nothing about Owens is singular. She stands with a chorus of voices with varying degrees of power, extolling the virtues of nationalism and fascism from the US to the Philippines to Brazil to the UK to New Zealand. That chorus of voices affirms the fears of many white people that the world has turned too brown, too black, too Muslim, too queer, too femme, too many names you can't pronounce, too sensitive, too PC. They're the choir that sings the songs racist and nationalists and aspiring terrorists want to hear, only to turn around and rake in speaking fees and TV time, only to cackle over the spikes of engagement and followers that trail every dumb provocation they've engineered, because that is the emotional currency that puts real coin in their pockets. F them and F Candace Owens. F them all. If you think that a mainstream political figure like Candace Owens is responsible for or has influenced any violence, especially violence that results in the death of 49 people in a foreign country, then you've lost the plot. And if you thought that being named specifically by the shooter as an influence would be the most controversial part of the story involving Candace Owens, well, you'd be wrong. Because unfortunately, her response to this whole situation 
did nothing but kind of add fuel to the already existing, already sky-high flames. In a series of tweets, Candace wrote, LOL, fact, I've never created any content espousing my views on the Second Amendment or Islam. The left pretending I inspired a mass massacre in New Zealand because I believe Black America can do it without government handouts is the reachiest reach of all reaches, LOL. And in a follow-up, she also wrote, to be clear, we played the Candace as Hitler game. We played the Candace as anti-rape victims game. If the media attempts this Candace-inspired a mosh shooting in New Zealand bit, they better all lawyer the F up. I will go full Covington Catholic lawsuit. Try me. Now, in response to that, even a lot of people who felt that, yeah, Candace had absolutely nothing to do with the attacks, kind of felt that maybe her tone wasn't appropriate in addressing the situation. Well, with her use of LOL and emojis and almost focusing more on how the event affected her rather than the victims who had died. And to that, I've got to say, yeah, those responses definitely seem at odds with the gravity of the situation. But at the same time, I think we all kind of need to cut Candace some slack here. I mean, yeah, she is this huge media figure and she's no stranger to controversies and being dogpiled on, but she's still just a human, a human who is dealing with being name dropped by this mass murderer and being accused of being complicit in that murder by probably thousands, if not more people. That is a freaking stressful situation to be in. But in any case, she did end up releasing another statement clarifying her feelings about the event. As reported by Business Insider, she said, what happened last night in Christchurch, New Zealand is a tragedy. And I echo the sentiment of all Americans in wishing love and healing for all those impacted. That said, any insinuation that black conservatism in the United States has somehow inspired radical Islamophobic white supremacy terror overseas is pointedly absurd. People on both sides of the political aisle, especially the victims, deserve a more honest conversation. Candace Owens isn't the only popular figure name dropped by the shooter, though. In a live stream video he made while he was committing the attack, which is just so sick and depraved, there aren't even any words for it. He is heard saying subscribe to PewDiePie, which to that PewDiePie released a tweet saying, just heard news of the devastating reports from New Zealand Christchurch. I feel absolutely sickened having my name uttered by this person. My heart and thoughts go out to the victims, families, and everyone affected by this tragedy. If you ask me, it's pretty obvious that mentioning PewDiePie was just another way to try and further divide people. But again, you'd be shocked at how many people have taken the bait. As Andrew Todd wrote to surprising agreement, the Christchurch shooter posted a manifesto on 8chan and shouted subscribe to PewDiePie before opening fire on the mosque, live streaming the whole thing. The internet is 1000% a vehicle for right-wing radicalization, to which he concluded F you PewDiePie fans. Your boy has had too many racism slash Nazism scandals to write off as coincidence or edgy comedy. His jokes aren't funny and he's effing trash. Look, I'm not going to deny that political radicalization does happen on the internet. I think that's an established fact by this point. It is well known that groups like ISIS use social media as a recruitment tool. And even if you look to the recent synagogue shooting in the US, the killer was active on social media posting anti-Semitic things and I'm sure was involved in anti-Semitic chat groups and things like that. The internet does allow people to form echo chambers and have their views reinforced by other people who only think like they do. And online, extremist content that may only appeal to 0.001% of people is able to find that specific niche because of how wide a platform the web is. So fine, let's have that conversation. Let's discuss how radicals use the internet to further their views. All right, but trying to tie PewDiePie to white supremacists is like trying to tie Dave Chappelle to ISIS. And yeah, Dave Chappelle is Muslim in case you didn't know. And I'm trying to be consistent here, right? Because when it comes to Islamic terror attacks, and I almost 
don't even want to mention that phrase in this specific video in case someone misconstrues that as me saying that these poor victims of the shooting were like asking for it because of their religion or anything like that because that's not at all where I'm going with this. But I'm very much of the belief that if an ideology is what motivated an attacker, then yeah, it makes sense to examine that ideology. Like in the case of that awful Manchester bombing, for example, I do think it's relevant to bring up how Islamic extremism drove that person to commit violence and how Islamic extremism and radicalization seeks to dehumanize people who aren't Muslims or even Muslims who don't conform to their specific worldview of how Islam is supposed to be practiced. But does that mean we demonize every single Muslim out there, all of the peaceful ones who don't have a radical bone in their body? No, of course not. And similarly, in the case of this awful shooting, yes, let's have a discussion about racial identitarianism and how it's pulling apart our countries. But that doesn't mean going after every single right-wing political commentator that has ever said a critical thing about mass immigration, especially when racial identitarianism, like the shooter was preaching, is not an exclusively right-wing trait. Racial supremacy is an extremist ideology, but it's not exclusive to the left or the right. But anyway, those are just some of my thoughts about this horrific tragedy, and there is so much more that could be said here, but I would love to know what you guys think. Has this shooter divided us even more so than before, and are we just inching our way ever closer? Closer to civil war? Or is this going to be one of those heartbreaking moments that actually ends up bringing people closer together than before? As always, I would love to know what you guys think, but that's it for this video. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.